Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. If there's anything better than getting a few of your favorite things from McDonald's, it's getting a few of your favorite things from McDonald's for less in the McDonald's app. Mm. Delicious. Order in the McDonald's app today. Right now, only in the app. Enjoy a breakfast sandwich for just $1, like a sausage McMuffin with egg. Offer valid one time per day from 429 to 512 at participating McDonald's. Must opt into rewards. Welcome back. Hello. Happy Halloween weekend. (laughs) (laughs) Better than I could have done. Welcome back. It's a good game. Nice try. I am your host, Sonia. And of course, always joined by the spoopy Aaron Blair. Well, listen, it's Halloween. My favorite holiday, favorite time of the year. Uh, I absolutely love it. So what are, are you dressing up this year? What are you doing? Are you a costumey person? I typically am. I would say I've definitely uh, went out the last couple of years. I definitely made an effort. Uh, it was Nardwar last year. Probably one of my favorite costumes, I would say. And who is that for people who, for everyone, who is that? For literally every everyone. Uh, Nardwar is from Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, and he is a wonderful, legendary uh, interviewer of many, many assortments of people. And he's still going from like the 80s till now. He's just rocking it. I love him. He wears a lot of plaid. He's yes, got a funny very hat funky. with a little bob on it. Very, mm-hmm. very funky. And yeah, known for really surprising celebrities with insanely obscure knowledge. Very, very specific to them and very, very deep-seated knowledge. But yeah, he's incredible. I love him a lot. And uh, that was my last year. But honestly, I'm kind of... I know we're, 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 we've arrived at Halloween and I'm out of ideas. I still don't know. I you know, know what I though, so my thing is I many years ago started going on Halloween and just getting a costume. Oh, that's a good, that's a good idea. It takes a lot of pressure off. It does. It really does. And, and it's kind of fun because then you kind of, you know, cause it's more about having fun than it is about the, the actual costume, at least for me. Yeah. So, so did you do that last year? Well, not last year cause pandemic, but the last year I went to a Halloween party, I did a, a similar thing. I went to, I went out with one of my friends and the only costume at that point I could find was a bee costume. <laughs> and so, but just the top half of a bee costume. It's like, okay, a bee costume, whatever. And then I was like, well, what do I wear? And so my friend, she was like, hey, well, why don't you wear like a black skirt or something? I was like, okay. So I got like a giant lacy black skirt. So I had like bumblebee, high socks, yeah. Uh, a bumblebee top, you know, the antennas and a skirt. Okay. And so uh, I'm dressed like this. And so I'm walking down to, in my neighborhood, this house party I'm going to go to. And uh, so I'm walking, I stop in the liquor store and I'm the only person <laughs> in my very hipster, self-important celebrity filled neighborhood who's dressed up. Only person. <laughs> and I'm walking by s- sidewalk cafe after sidewalk cafe 
you know, every, everyone's out there just, and looking at this asshole. And I go into the, I go into the liquor store and, uh, whatever. And, and I'm behind these kind of tough looking hoodlums. All right. These tough dudes, like tattoos and stuff. And you're, you're a cute little bee. And they're kind of eyeing me. I'm like, am I going to get the shit kicked out of me tonight as a bee? Okay. Like whatever. (laughs) Oh, and I should say, as I'm walking down the liquor store, people are yelling at me, bee girl. Hey, B-Girl. Like, everyone's yelling. Remember, uh, there's that Blind Melon song? Jen's oh, laughing. yeah. That okay, no, Blind yep. Melon song, No Rain, where there's a girl dressed in B costume. It's so, cute, yep. And guess what she wears? Exactly a what I'm wearing. Skirt. The skirt, yeah. <laughs> so everyone's yelling B-Girl. So anyway, and he goes, hey, nice costume. And I'm like, okay, yeah, yeah. And uh, they they kind of leave. And they, as the guy's leaving, he goes, hey, are you B-Girl? And I go, <laughs> I'm just a B. But, you know, I, lo- I love that video, and I would love to be B-Girl. And the guy's like, okay, uh. And I'm like, okay. And he leaves. That's so a good I'm, response too. Yeah. So I'm buying like my hard seltzer or Zima or whatever I was buying. <laughs> and uh, then all of a sudden the guy runs back in, one of the guys. And I was like, oh fuck, here it comes. I'm going to get beat up. Uh, I'm going to get my ass kicked. He runs back in. He goes, hey. And I go, yeah. And he goes, my best friend's sister. And I go, what? And he goes, my best friend's sister. I was like, okay, huh? And he goes, huh? the B. The B girl was his best friend's sister. <laughs> And I was like, oh, Wait. and I go, well, how's she doing? And he goes, she's doing great. And I go, awesome. Tell her I said, hi. He goes, I will. And I was like, LA, man. LA. Oh my God. Out of all the people what the that f- you could have, and all the costumes, all the people that you could have crossed paths with. It's insane. That's incredible. This, we are living in a VR simulation. This is all a big Sims game. This is a big Sims game. It was yes. insane. Uh, so anyway, oh yeah, that, that's uh, the last time I dressed up for Halloween. So <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I never dress up again. How do you beat that story? How do you beat that story? You can't. Honestly, you can't. You can't. So That's yeah, incredible. I think the only way to beat that story is to welcome our guest today. She's an award-winning video game performer, voiceover artist, and star and writer on Apple TV's Mythic Quest. That show is so, so great. Everybody, please check it out. She voiced Aloy in Horizon Zero Dawn, which I absolutely loved, and will reprise her role in the highly anticipated sequel, Horizon Forbidden West, out next year. Uh, She also has a new animated series, The Ghost and Molly McGee, available on Disney Channel and Disney Plus. Here's our interview with the very busy and very talented Ashley Birch. So your, I mean, I just want to get into it. Your Aloy in Horizon Zero Dawn, Tiny Tina, Mel from The Last of Us. You have so many incredible characters and incredible projects under your belt. But I don't know how we can start this and not talk about the more your most recent project, which is out now. The Ghost of Molly McGee. Yay! Yay! <laughs> so exciting. Thank you. Yeah, it's such a sweet show. I'm really excited that people finally get to watch it because animation takes forever. So we've just been sitting and waiting for like <laughs> yeah. two years for people to be able to see it. <laughs> we recorded it in 1930. And right. Now it's finally being released. <laughs> finally hit the shelves. Yeah. I was actually Molly's age when we started, <laughs> and now I'm <laughs> now you're ghost age. Yeah. Now I'm now I'm dead. <laughs> um, that's exciting. So how did you feel when you knew that you got the role and you're finally kicking things off and your your you know your initial excitement? Um, I was really excited, but I was, I was doubly excited because I found out after I got cast that Bill and Bob, the show creators, were going to model Molly's ethnicity off of me. I'm half Thai. And I had never before in my life played a character that actually reflected my 
racial makeup. So it was really cool. And if you've watched any of the show, there's an episode actually that's out on Disney Plus right now. Um, that's very, it talks a lot about Thai culture. And I got to see food that I ate when I was a kid in this kids show that I was in. It was just really cool. Awesome. It's very, very cool. Again, you've played so many characters and as a voice actor, it's like, you could do anything. And so <laughs> it, it's almost feels like fresh and new to like play something that's a little, that you have a relationship to yeah. rather than a woman fighting robot dinosaurs in a post-apocalyptic, <laughs> you know, like you're that's like, oh my God. close to home. I, I mean, you've say, also, yeah. Yeah. we eventually will all be doing that the way the world is going, <laughs> probably in a couple of years, you know? Um, but that's, you know, that's one thing I really wanted to ask you is how, or what have you seen, I guess, uh, in the show that has kind of reflected uh, the character? Like you said, you're able to, eat foods that you kind of grew up with? Um. Oh, yeah. So there's actually an episode um, in the second season, I believe, where Molly kind of struggles with being feeling like she's stuck between two cultures, which is something that I really relate to, um, where she doesn't feel like she's Thai enough. Like she can't handle spicy foods and oh. she doesn't really know how to speak Thai. And so that's kind of her conflict in the episode. And as I was reading that one... Um, I, I, yeah, I, I felt a real connection to that episode and I felt really seen even being, you know, an adult person. Um, that's still something that I, that I have to kind of look at and, and sort of try to assimilate because especially my mom is an immigrant, of course, and she came here and she was just like, we're all going to be as American as humanly possible. <laughs> and so I didn't get to learn a lot about my culture, my Thai culture until I, you know, I grew up a little bit more. So um, that one in particular uh, was really special to me mm -hmm. because I think it's, it's, I think it's an experience that a lot of biracial kids have as well of like not quite knowing, you know, where they fit between these two cultures. What are some of the differences between voicing animation and voicing a, a video game, a character in a video game? So it's, it depends on the project, but you know, if you're not doing motion capture, then generally you record video games in an isolation chamber, basically. <laughs> um, it's floating like you, in darkness. Right? Yeah, floating in darkness, <laughs> not knowing where you lot, are. <laughs> guys. Yeah, yeah. I don't think this is necessary, but yeah. it's submerged in water, but okay. Um, so you usually are in a booth by yourself and you have an engineer and a director, and then usually there's some devs on the line um, giving you context and stuff, but that's kind of it. If you're doing motion capture, you're on a stage and you're working with other actors, but if you're just recording VO, then that's kind of your bag. Unless you're working with like a studio like Naughty Dog who makes, you know, uh, recording with other actors a priority. But animation, generally, you always record as a group, which is awesome. So there was a different show I was on called OKKO OK Let's Be Heroes on Cartoon Network. And we had group records, um, I think it was every Wednesday, which is great because you get to meet your cast members and you get to feed off of each other. And even during the pandemic, um, we've managed to keep that going a little bit. So Dana Snyder, who plays Scratch the ghost, the eponymous ghost, um, <laughs> he and I are always on Zoom together um, so that we can riff and improv and, and work off of each other. And it's really nice. But then, of course, with video games, part of the part of the reason that uh, group records aren't often a thing is that there's just often so much content. <laughs> <laughs> right. And a lot of it is so... Um, contextual and then also um but it's like if this then this right so it's 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 not as linear as a script right so often it doesn't make sense to do group records conditional kind of conditional like yes thank yeah. you conditional like for a session for Aloy for example 
it's just, I mean, a lot of the game is just me talking to myself, but a lot of the booth recording time is just me talking to myself. That's funny. And then having to be guided like, okay, this person is from this tribe, you know, you feel this way about this mission, or like, this is your perspective on this mission, given where we were, you know, in the last main quest, like, and you have to kind of keep all of that in your head and balance it. It's, it's interesting. It requires very different parts of your brain. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, can I can imagine. imagine. Yeah. If you, now, if you were to be haunted by a ghost, who is, <laughs> who would you want to be haunted by? Cause we're thinking ghosts. So anyone from history. Anyone that's dead from history. Yeah. Or by the way, I don't want to say it, but people now who are alive, we don't want to make them a ghost, but I'm just saying <laughs> if you were to be haunted by anyone. You know. <laughs> a hologram. We could say if they're alive now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a hologram. Like, like quantum leap, a hologram or uh -huh. a ghost. Or a ghost. Yeah. I feel like this is a bad idea. <laughs> okay. But I love where this is going already. The yeah. first person that came to mind is Prince because he's so, he was such an odd dude. And he's got to have so many crazy stories. And I feel like as a ghost, he would be even more nuts. <laughs> and I feel like yeah. you have some good commentary. I think. I yeah. feel yeah. I feel like I would get into some weird, fun misadventures um, with Prince the Ghost. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Um, no, wait, wait. So tell us about how how did your gaming journey start? You've been, I mean, you have so many accolades and done so many different things in so many different mediums, which is amazing. And like I, I uh, not only starring on Mythic Quest, but also writing and of course Adventure Time and this other stuff. How did your gaming journey start? What was your first experience with video games? I think it was before I was able to talk. I literally, there's a home movie of me wandering around holding an NES controller that's not connected to anything. Oh, oh my God. I'm in a diaper and kind of just waddling around holding an NES controller. So I really think the video games were in my life before I was pre-verbal. Oh, wow. <laughs> it was in your blood. It was in my blood. Um, but we, we started playing video games from a very early age. My mom was actually an early adopter. She would have us play, she would have us um, do little um, typing exercises on this like old shitty computer that we had. And then when <laughs> Typing of the Dead came out, I don't know if you guys ever had Typing of no, the Dead. What's that? No, it's House of the Dead, the arcade game, but for the computer and you type instead of shoot. So you have to type nonsense phrases to attack enemies. That's wow. wild. Wait, it kind of reminds me of Aaron. What's that game you played recently that was kind of similar? Uh, the Texorcist, where you're Ooh. a priest. It's really fun. I mean, it's, I don't rage quit, but I like bang, I went insane on my keyboard. Um, <laughs> and you have to type out spells to fight against demons. Oh, So it's I like a bullet hell. This. It's like a uh -huh. bullet hell game. And then you're like, oh, and then they do stuff like there's a girl who vomits and she vomits over the words you're supposed to type. So you have to like dot, you have to like move around and dodge. Oh, as you're that's so fun. And then sometimes in Latin, it'll make you nuts. But wow, it seems like that typing <laughs> oh of the God. dead feels like a precursor, which yeah. is in a cool way. Yeah, and my, that, my mom condoned it, I think, because yeah. I just <laughs> learn how to type faster. But yeah, we had like a Sesame Street game um, and stuff like that. So we were pretty early uh, game adopters. And then I kind of just kept playing as I got older. What was your, uh, I guess, your main console that you that you grew up with that you have near and dear in your heart? Oh, man. I think it has to be the N64 because it was such a banger of a console. I yes. mean, Bang. Super Mario 64 is so good. Ocarina of Time is so good. And then one of my favorite games of all time is Harvest Moon 64. Yes. Oh, yeah. Which oh, helped me so through, yeah, many many an anxious childhood afternoon. So, yeah, I loved N64. Um, and then PlayStation is, PlayStation 2 is a close runner-up. 
I feel like we had a very, I started also on very early like DOS games way back. Mm -hmm. And then the the first console I actually sunk my teeth into that I spent probably the most was N64 as well. And then I immediately went to PS2. So yeah, (laughs) we had a very similar trajectory. trajectory. But I feel like when I, I would play so much N64, um, Mm. I'd play with my, my mom and I would play, uh, Mario party. Yeah. Um, yeah, I feel like I got way too into that, but the one game that I played the most that I feel like is so underappreciated. Did you ever play Glover? No, I didn't. What's Glover? I I can picture the box art very clearly, but I never played it myself. Yeah. You're just this little tiny glove and you run around on, uh, different balls and you try and solve these puzzles, but it was like, a platformer, right? It was like a yeah. puzzle platformer? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. I feel like a lot of people either missed it. I just feel like it's so underappreciated. Do you have games like that for the N64 that you feel like were underappreciated? Yes. There is. I think it was a co-op game, too. I remember playing it with my brother, and I don't remember the name of it, but you were you played these like little commando, almost like Starship Trooper kind of guys fighting bugs. Do you have any idea what I'm talking about? Oh, no, but I'm heavily into Starship Troopers. It's one of the funniest <laughs> movies ever. Yeah, it's great. I was, it was, I think, very heavily influenced by that. But yeah, you almost look like little kids. There was like a bit of an Ender's <laughs> Game vibe to it. Oh, God. Um, but yeah, we played it a ton, and I don't remember anyone else ever talking about it. So it's I can't like, remember the name of it. It's like Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, but video game. <laughs> Starship Troopers Jr., yeah, exactly. That. That's hilarious. Yeah, yeah, it's so funny because, you know, one of the things that we talk about a lot on here is, you know, how Steam really opened up and Unity have opened mm. up the world to really every, uh, really making such a democratic process of if I have a good idea for a game and I want to take the time to learn how to make it, I yeah. can make it and put it out there for people to play, which is so cool because then you get games that are weird and fun and beautiful. Like yeah. there's this game called One Hand Clapping. I recently played where you have to sing to make the character move and 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 it's so cool also talking about harvest moon and how that kind of helps soothe your anxiety like yeah. and and now i feel like it's people can make games that mm-hmm. are much more peaceful and fun it doesn't have to all be let's shoot things up or yes. be a ninja or be another thing totally uh, yeah one hand clapping one hand clapping mm-hmm. yeah it's I'm really great i'm going to have to get a list from you when we're done <laughs> yeah. with this yeah also before your eyes have you heard of that game no before your eyes is you're a kid and um, you're just living your life. But every time you blink, it fast forwards, the oh. story fast forwards. So your parents are talking about like, oh, like not having enough money. And then you blink and it's five years later. And you're just like, oh my God. And it makes you think like, I, I have to call my parents. Like oh, life is wow. fleeting. Do you it's control gorgeous. the blink or does it just happen? No, the camera it's is on you. So when you blink in real life, it does Oh, what? I know. Yes. So, so you have like, to go like- I've been trying. Yeah, I got, the, I got the steel eyes achievement, which is you're just because I was like, I can't. Oh my god! I, I need mean, the clockwork orange shit. Yeah, because yeah. <laughs> you got a. I got a puppy at one point, and I was like, I don't want this puppy oh, to no, get no, old. No, no. <laughs> wow, yeah. that's wild. It's crazy. What What are some other games along the Harvest Moon uh, track that you find soothing or beautiful or, or peaceful in that in that realm? Well, I'm replaying Stardew Valley for like the third oh, time. Yes. Yes. I need to play new games, but I just always want to play Stardew Valley. I know. Um, but Stardew Valley uh, had that effect for me. Um, Animal Crossing, of course. But I, I think I'm going to start um, Spiritfarer soon. Have you guys, either of you guys played oh, that? Oh, yeah. Spiritfarer is, it good? is, yeah. wait, is that the one where you're on a ship that's sailing from left to right? Yes. Yeah. I did like that a lot. It was you really, liked it? Okay. I reminded think me of Journey. Reminded me a lot of Ooh, Journey. Ooh, great. Which is fun. Nice. Um, great. 
But yeah, I know that's the thing is like now it's like, I don't know, this is weird. This is maybe a weird thing to say, but I feel like generally in entertainment, there was this kind of snarky, sarcastic feeling. And now all that has gone away and it's cool to be genuine and positive. Like you think yeah. Ted Lasso. Yeah, and yeah, like yeah. in Mythic Quest, and your character in Mythic Quest is so like it's beautiful how supportive and positive like it it, it that that show can be yeah. especially about the games the gaming industry which yeah. has to be really fun to be a part of it's amazing i mean yeah. it's especially the second season cuz we filmed it during the pandemic and it was so like going into it it was like oh my god what is this going to be like and then I think you can just tell, I think it reads on screen like how happy we all were to see each other again yeah. and get to work with each other again. Cause we just, it's such an, I know everyone's like, every it's like a family, but I really, the women in the cast and I are best friends now. We text constantly. Yeah. I was just texting them earlier today. And <laughs> they're haunting you. They're, they're haunting me. Yeah, they actually my changed my answer, which is that I'd have all of them as holograms. <laughs> <That's> cool. <laughs> cool. And Prince, and Prince, and Prince. Yeah. <laughs> and, and Prince. Prince. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, and it's nice too, because on the writing staff, um, there's myself and then Humphrey Carr, who plays Tall Paul in the show. And then Jason Altman, who's from uh, Ubisoft kind of have a lot of love for games and a lot of gaming knowledge. Yeah. Uh, and Craig Mazin as well, actually, is a big gamer. Um, so it's really fun to be able to bring that into the writer's room and to kind of talk about, you know, like when we were talking about um, Poppy's idea for a game, for example, that was just me and Humphrey and Jason basically geeking out about like, this would be so insane if you were able to do this. Like <laughs> all the other writers had to suffer through us being like, can you imagine if you could build a house and in every instance of the game, every player, like right now, Death Stranding's just doing that with ladders. Imagine if you could make a town and everyone yes. was like, Jesus Christ, we're really gonna <laughs> stop talking. But it's so fun to be able to be like, you know, and then that gets put in the show. And that's like yeah. part of Poppy's thing of being like, because that would be so exciting, you know, and that's the kind of enthusiasm that I think there's a lot of toxicity in games, but I think that it's in its purest form, it is that sort of, what if, you know, like, what if you could do this kind of thing? And yeah. and it's infectious. I find that like lots of game devs are so, they have that sort of like almost childlike excitable energy of just wanting to like put Legos together and see if it works, you know? Um, it's it's really fun to be able to like inject that into the show. It's so rare to see like a, a genuine connection. Like people, like you're saying, people making it clearly have a love for games. And I recognize, it's mm. like when you, when you watch improv and there's this weird primal thing where it's like you... There's a piece of your brain that knows it's being made up on the spot so you have a connection with it. Yeah. And Mythic Quest feels like that because it feels like people who give a shit about games are making it yeah. and it's cool. By gamers great. for gamers. Oh, <laughs> I, hate, I hate myself that I even said it. I hate that I even said it. I'm really glad that you feel that way though because that was a big, you know, that was definitely a goal is to like, I think if a show like this had been made five years ago or something, it might've been like, look at these nerds, you know what I mean? Well, but there's, yeah, yeah. Which is, it was so not the goal. And I think what's really cool too is that I've gotten so much feedback from game dev friends mm -hmm. sometimes being like this show's a bit too triggering for me because of how authentic it kind of feels to That's them cool. like um there was actually a whole thread on um twitter of <laughs> community managers responding to the sue scene where she's talking to the little girls and they're like they're trying to find out what game like what jobs they'd like to have in the games industry and Sue is this sweet you know woman who's the community <laughs> manager of Mythic Quest and one of the girls is like you're really nice I want to be like you and she's like no, 
No. Um, because she just gets abused by the, the gamers all day. And there was this whole thread of like basically every community manager from every major studio going, oh God, this is my life. Uh. <laughs> like, this is what it looks like. This is how I feel. Like, how dare they copy my life? Like that uh. kind of thing. So it's really, I mean, at this, at, in one hand, I'm like, sorry. And then on the other hand, I'm like, I'm glad it's so authentic and that it's resonated right. so much. Yeah, it's like when The Sopranos came out, like how David Chase was getting contacted by real people in the mafia. Was like, he really? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And he's like, they were like, yeah, this is how we dress and talk and stuff. And yeah. Whoa, and even good, and good, Goodfellas, too. Like, Scorsese was like, people contacting him were like, yeah, this is like legit how it is. Whoa. So it's kind of it's, alarming to have Yeah, a little, little scary. A little how did scary. You get my email. Yeah, I, um, phone number. <laughs> <laughs> I just love the idea of some mobster on Twitter, like, yep. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Tweeting on main. At Big Bad Daddy Mafia <laughs> yeah. Man yeah, 69 well, or whatever. <laughs> Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at the coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. One thing I want to bring up is that, you know, games are such a visceral medium. Uh, yes. You know, you're the character. And, and as storytelling continues to advance, having to make hard choices in games is really tough sometimes. Totally. I mean, it's interesting. Like, so um, I obviously knew the plot of The Last of Us 2 well before the rest of the world did. Yes. Um, and hearing. And I, I haven't finished it. So, I don't, you know, but go for it. Go oh, for you it. You haven't? I know. Oh God! But do I it. have. Do I it. just did. I'll well, take my earphones off. But... No, 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 no. Okay, I won't spoil anything. But you've gotten further. You know yes. the thing that happens. Yes, I know the thing yes. that happens. You know yes, the thing yes. that happens. Yeah, yeah. So Neil describing it to me alone was a visceral experience. But it's because I could imagine what it would be like to play that. Oh. And I think what is so cool about it is that it is doing. You know, the the story is a revenge story, right? Yes. It's not yes. like. It's it's something that we've seen, you know, um, actually, he and I talked about this movie, uh, Sympathy for Mr. Vengeance, which is oh, a Korean amazing. film. Chen, yeah. Chen Park, Park Chan-wook. Park Chan-wook, thank you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that has a similar sort of thing where you end up loving both men on either side of a revenge story, and then you sort of see them fight at the end, and, and it's just heart-wrenching, because you're like, no, I love you both, stop <laughs> it, don't, don't do this. And The Last of Us too, I think, is such a masterful expression of something like that. And, and again, that same sort of thing that we're talking about of just like the humanness of yeah. people that you can oscillate between I fucking hate Abby to, oh no, I love Abby. Oh, I'm really angry at Ellie. I love Ellie. Why am I angry at Ellie? Oh no, I love Ellie again. And then mm -hmm. like all of these, th it's just such a complicated thing. And I think it's so beautifully written that it really understands its main characters. And it really takes you on that journey of everyone's just making choices that makes sense. They are coming from character, they make sense, and they're excruciating to play. Yeah. Because you're the person that has to fire the gun or swing the weapon or whatever. You have to do it, yeah. And 
I'm excited for you to get to the end because the end is... I am too. It's rough. That was very... (laughs) I will say, again, with no spoilers, it was very uncomfortable and it was very... It's so well done. It was so well done. It was so beautiful and so brutal, I think, is what it was. And it goes back to what you were saying too, where not everything is black and white. Like you Mm -hmm. you may feel so strongly about one character... But then as you kind of progress and you you see different sides and different facets to the situation, it's like there's so much more gray area than you really, really imagine. And like you said, it, I, again, I love the um, going back to it's just humans making choices. Mm-hmm. And that's what it really comes back to. Yeah. And it was, you know, and, and again, get, you know, getting back to uh, Horizon Zero Dawn, what kept me going in that game was and that's one of the very few games I ever 100 percented. Uh, oh, wow. I'm, I'm not a 100% guy in my life. I'm not either. I'm like a 10%. <laughs> but um, but yeah, I love that game. And that was the story. And so amazing about the choices people make. And not to spoil this, this story, but the um, the sac- big sacrifice that you learn about happens and just, wow, insane yeah. and, and amazing and beautiful. Yeah. And as epic and more epic than most movies I've seen. And such a great tale. And I'm so excited to play the second one. I can't wait. <laughs> Can you talk about anything about it? It um, was really great. Because, uh, you know, r- recording the first game, it's a new IP. And I'd never worked with a team before. And so it's very much like, okay, here goes. We'll see what happens. <laughs> Which everyone was kind of feeling that way of like, we're going to really put our all into this. But you don't know, you know, like, you don't know when it comes out how people are going to respond, if they're going to like it. And I got really invested as we were recording. You know, I fell in love with Aloy and, and the story. And I was much like a player would be really like take, you know, taken in and, and shocked by um, some of the reveals and all these sorts of things. And so for it to come out and for people to have embraced the story and the character as much as they did was so validating and so great because I mean, when we started recording, I remember, I think the only, there had obviously been games in history where there was only one female protagonist that you could, like, there was only one protagonist and it was a female and you had to play a woman if you wanted to play the game. But within the last like five years of the, of when we start, first started recording, it was maybe the reboot of the tomb of the, of Tomb Raider. And maybe that was it. And so I felt a lot of, um, I appreciate what you said, Sonia, cause I really tried to focus on that when we were recording to make her feel like a fully fleshed out character. I really wanted her not to feel just like an unstoppable Terminator of robot dinosaurs. <laughs> you know what I mean? I really wanted her to feel like a person and and I really wanted people to respond to her not as just this badass warrior, but also as a person with vulnerability. And the fact that people really did respond to that was so awesome. So now we have this amazing foundation and we have this world and we know what the world is. And so now you just get to, it's like, it's like writing the second season of a show a little bit where you're like, oh, now we know what we're working with. Now we just yeah. get to play. Now yeah. we just get to like fuck around and, and make something really, right, raise the stakes and make something really, really cool. So yeah, I'm I'm excited. I can't say anything. Ah, I want to say something, ah. but I can't. But I'm just very, I'm very, very excited for people to play. I can just see it all bubbling up under the surface, just like <laughs> ready to ready to get out. Soon, yeah. you know, soon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. People will get their hands on it. No, that is that is so exciting. You know, again, like you said, being able to have like this fully fleshed out world and now you just have this awesome sandbox. You can yeah. just mess around in and have fun. So I'm very excited for continued adventures. Do you play the games you're in? Do you play your own games? Um, I do. I try to, yes. Um, I definitely played Horizon 
And I played Last of Us mm -hmm. too. And there are some games that I'm just bad at though. Like I play Viper in Valorant. I tried to play Valorant. I cannot play Valorant. <laughs> I'm just not, people are people are just too good. They're yeah. too good at it and I get killed immediately and it's not a fun experience <laughs> for punishing. me. Um, <laughs> so um, if, it's a, if a, it's a single player game, then yes, for sure. I, I always try to play it, yeah. Is it, a, do you ever annoy yourself? It was weird playing Horizon, I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> Aloy talks to herself a lot and um, I really had to get used to hearing my voice that consistently. And then there was this funny moment where I was playing the DLC and I actually do talk to myself a lot as a person. <laughs> and I was, I had this funny moment where I was talking to myself as Aloy was talking to herself. Oh my God. <laughs> I was like, I need to take a break, I think. This from is this too game. meta. This <laughs> yeah, is too this meta. It's too much. I didn't find Aloy annoying at all, but I always find Batman annoying in those <laughs> Arkham games. I really should get more Batarangs. Yeah, I know, Batman. <laughs> oh, I'm really low on health. Yeah, no shit. I'm getting killed out here. This isn't but something Aloy, you like. say to yourself. Maybe it's just because his voice has so much gravitas that it's <laughs> really hard to like Coming out of hand. casually say something. <laughs> Everything is like of the utmost importance. Yeah, yeah. I really yeah. should get, I really should fight the Riddler. Yeah, I'm trying, bro. Well, I know, I'm on my way. Back I'm on my fucking way. I'm en route. A, uh, well, I, I hate to say it, but we're almost out of time. This has been a, a fantastic uh, journey, a fantastic ride. Uh, but we love to end every interview with asking our guest. Yes their best and their worst games. So like the game that annoys you the most and then the game <laughs> that gives you the most pleasure. Let's start with the game, let's go low and we'll end high. So what's the game that you just cannot stand? <laughs> oh boy, I feel like it's such a typical answer maybe. So I feel a little bit like it's a cop out, but I just don't like sports games. I've oh, tried, I feel I've you. really tried. I've tried to play FIFA, I've tried to play Madden, and I just, I find it as boring as watching the sport itself. No harshing on, I know that they're well-made games, people love them. Yeah. I get that sports are exciting to people, I just couldn't give less of a shit. And yeah. I just, I've tried playing with friends and I just am bored to tears. I would rather play Blitzball in Final Fantasy X. <laughs> Perfect. Then play. <laughs> then play a sports game. <laughs> then play a sports game. I'd rather play a fake fantasy <laughs> sports game within a Final Fantasy than play an actual. I'm like sports I'll take game. Chocobo Racing and yes, I'm absolutely. I'm <laughs> I will play Mario Golf happily because they're bright colors. Yeah. Oh, Mario Golf, Mario Tennis. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's fine. But if they like look realistic and it's like here's so and so, I'm like I don't know any of these teams. I don't care. <laughs> I just want to know how we get Chocobo Racing into the X Games. Let's get, let's get going on that. All right, so well that so not sports games. What what's you, what's the game, the shining pinnacle, the beacon on the hill of of your favorite? If you can pick one, I can, I can pick one. Okay, it's hard. Um, I mean, I have different. I have favorite games for different things, but I think my favorite game for like what it did for me in terms of games as a medium, as a storytelling medium, was Mass Effect Two. Was the most I've ever been. Like, I feel like the way that they structured that game, and I know people like to poop on Mass Effect 3, but I really feel like that franchise actually did such an amazing job of honoring the choices that you make throughout mm -hmm. each game. It's insane to me that the fate of the Krogans in Mass Effect 3 depends on something you do in Mass Effect 1. It's fucking bananas to so me. So awesome. Like, I can't, it must have looked like a serial killer's basement, <laughs> like the writer's room. I just can't even imagine how you write something like that. But Mass Effect 2, you know, the bulk of it is all of these uh, loyalty missions, which 
that's part of the thing that I love about TV shows is where you just get to spend time with different characters. So it was like my favorite thing about sitcoms, but in video game form. So I got to spend time with all these characters that I really like and got to learn more about them. And then the suicide mission at the end, where you have to assign people to different tasks, I remember being so scared because I heard people talking about it and they were like, oh my God, I lost Thane. Oh my God, Garrus <laughs> died. And I was like, oh fuck. So I <laughs> went in just like freaking out. I was like, I cannot lose anyone. I love oh them all God. too much. Oh High stakes. God. High stakes. And I remember there was a moment where you had to choose someone to lead this B-Squad inf infiltration team. And the choices were Miranda or Garrus. And I didn't, I loved Garrus. Garrus is like my boy. And I didn't like Miranda as much. And I was like, Garrus, the last time though that Garrus led a team into battle, he got everyone killed. That's okay. like his story. And then I was like, but he is so determined to never let that happen again. I know he won't do it. I like made a character choice. I made a gameplay choice based on my understanding of him as a character. So they had gotten me so invested in him as a character and his story over the course of the game and the loyalty mission that I was like, there's no way Garrus is going to let that happen yes. again. My boy can do this. And so I put him as the leader of B-Squad Infantry and everyone lived. And I was like, yes! yes! And it was such a cool thing of like, so many games don't marry their story to their mechanics. Mm. And I felt like, I just, Mass Effect 2, that just stuck with me so much as like, those stories that were told in the loyalty missions really influenced gameplay decisions that I made throughout 2 and then into 3. It was really, really satisfying as a player. Um, and as someone that, I think it's the closest thing to like, the sort of connection you get with like TV characters is, is you know, that franchise. And so I just never loved game characters more or been more invested in them living. <laughs> so um, <laughs> it was, it was really impactful that game. So I would have to say Mass Effect 2. Yeah. Wow. I mean, heck yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's incredible. Again, like having, being able to have your, your the consequences of your actions and decisions have a longer lasting effect than just mm -hmm. a game. Yeah. It's incredible. Wow. <laughs> well, Ashley Birch, thank you so much. This was uh, an absolute delight. So uh, fun. Tell Prince we said hi for I sure. I will. He's here. Uh, He's asking <laughs> me to get a hippo. <laughs> Not now, Prince. That knows uh -huh. how to dance. Okay. <laughs> and of course, Mythic Quest is uh, now streaming on Apple TV Plus. And new episodes of The Ghost and Molly McGee are available on Disney Channel and Disney Plus. Yeah! yeah. <laughs>Thank you to Ashley for joining us. That was super fun. And again, Mythic Quest, man, that's a great show. I can't wait to watch The Ghost and Molly McGee. So good. I know. I can't wait to watch The Ghost of Molly McGee. I'm pretty sure I said it in the interview, but it really reminds me of my relationship with my cat. So I'm just trying to spread a little joy. He's trying to bring me down. But you know what? We, we make it work. And uh, we're going to take a quick break. So stick around. We will be right back. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. 
Welcome back. I'm glad you stuck around. Don't know what this uh, inflection is, but (laughs) I don't know. We're here. We made it. And we have a special little treat. We have a fan request from Cool Joe with a K. And he writes, love the show. New fan here. Have you guys played Subnautica or the sequel Subnautica Sub-Zero? It would be great to hear your take on it and keep up the great work. Go G3 Gaming! Yes! (laughs) I love our esports team. It is funny because Subnautica, obviously we were talking last week, horror games, and Subnautica has been pitched to me as a horror game. And so I gave it a shot. Would Uh, you agree? Well, you know what? I will say the ocean is scary. The ocean is real effing scary. Is it like, is it what it sounds like you're in a submarine? Subnautica, that's terrifying to me. Yeah, Subnautica is like an underwater survival game, basically. Oh, gosh. Then, yeah, scary. You're like on an alien planet, and you're trying to— And in the beginning, it is not scary in the slightest, because you're like, glug, 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 I got to go get more, uh, you know, kelp to make a cool thing, and I got to do this. But uh-huh. as you go deeper and deeper, Mm-mm. there are giant creatures, and it is it gets very scary, you know? Yeah, I feel I feel like the ocean just in general is absolutely terrifying. And yeah. I feel like I well, I have not played Subnautica yet. It just looks like I love Abzu. Yes. So it just feels like Abzu, but like horrifying. Yeah. Abzu if uh, in darkness and if things were but trying death. to kill you. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Abzu with death. basically. It takes all of the Zen out of Abzu. Yeah. And so um, I do. I You know what? I guess I would classify it. As a horror game. I mean, kind of maybe survival horror, but it has in in a certain way, it kind of has the same feeling to me as like a deep space game Mm. because you're kind of floating around. There's things out there that you don't know what they are that are, that can hunt you. And it's, you can't see too far into the water and it's freaky, man. Like, you know, you're not in your element. You're floating around and swimming. So, and it just makes me in real life feel like I never want to go near water again. I know. I feel like, again, I'm already terrified of the ocean enough. And there's so many things in the depths that I, I have personally have no idea. And like we as a, as a species have no effing idea what's down there. So I'm, I'm good. Yeah. I'm going to stick to Abzu, I think. Yeah. I, I'm like looking at like stills from Subnautica. And the scary thing about the ocean is there are all these monsters like in Subnautica. And we don't know. Those no. could really be real down there. <laughs> Yes, yeah, exactly. this could be real. <laughs> it's horrifying. Uh, I personally uh, will say I'm not good at, so therefore do not enjoy kind of survival-esque games, like Don't Starve, like these kind of games where you like build a fire before, the, even Minecraft, like where it's mm. like arcade mode or whatever, like build a fire to save yourself. So I'm not a huge fan of Subnautica for that reason, but I did really love the aesthetic. I love the look. Controls mm. are great. And I love the feeling of dread it gave me. I just didn't like what I had to do in the game. Is it a lot of like resource management? Yes, yes. Ah, uh, okay, okay. See, I I kind of live for that. Oh. I actually don't mind that. I've played a lot of games that have that kind of element, and honestly, I kind of like it. But I think, <laughs> I don't know if the ocean part of it is going to deter me from playing it, but... Uh. I think you should give it a shot because it doesn't happen right away. Okay. Like it doesn't, you know what I'm saying? It, it ramps up into it. At least I haven't played a ton of it, but it doesn't immediately, you're not immediately like, holy shit, what was that? You know, it's like, <laughs> like it's sunny and you're like, do, 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 do. It hooks you in. It hooks you in. It oh, geez. Okay. Have you played uh, the sequel? 
No, Sub-Zero? I haven't played the sequel, uh, Sub-Zero, um, but if it doesn't have Mortal Kombat characters in it, no thanks. If it doesn't have what? Con- Mortal Kombat! Thank you. I don't want to throw your voice out again, but... Um, but yeah, anyway, I think you would like Subnautica then. You should give it a shot. All right, I'm going to get over my fear of the ocean. I'm going to dive in. I think it's time to play some Subnautica. But thank you, Cool Joe with a K. I wish I was that cool. Um, and if anyone else has any games that you want us to chat about, any suggestions, anything else in between, hit us up at Good Game. Nice try on Twitter or hashtag GGNT. And of course, remember, don't you forget it. We are still doing our game book club, an excellent name. Uh, and we're playing through some Bioshock Infinite. So if you want to play along with us, come and join. Hop on this Bioshock Infinite train. Plenty of room. And uh, yeah, let us know your thoughts. Good Game, Nice Try is produced by Jen Samples and Nick Liao. Our executive producers are Joanna Solitaroff, Adam Sachs, and Jeff Ross. Engineering by Will Becton with engineering and sound design by Chester Guazda. Talent booking by Paula Davis, Gina Batista, and Britt Khan. Special thanks to Lisa Berm and music by the one and only John Danik. This has been a Team Coco production. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at tmobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at tmobile.com.